welcome to the road to Blake Street banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other one's just along for the ride. Tyler, say what's up. What's up? I'm just along for the ride here. Yeah, at least somebody is. <laughs> guess who's not here again, folks? James. James is celebrating his anniversary, which I think is dumb because this should take precedent. This should be number one in his life because I am number one in his life, not really his wife, but that's another time, another conversation. So as always, code word, two weeks in a row, three out of the last four weeks, we need to give James a code word. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, My code word is fly ball because Chris Bryant in his first plate appearance back with the Rockies hit a fly ball. And to me, that was wild i haven't seen him hit a fly ball in what feels like not even just like since he was you know first one out even when he was healthy he was not hitting fly balls so that was a really cool sight so james fly ball <laughs> Let's see, if he, see if he comes back uh yeah chris bryan is back without um a little drama a little tension creating in the Rockies world so we got Chris Bryant and Ty Block literally like two three hours before we started recording this we are in the bottom of the second inning right now of the game one versus the Dodgers um so keep that in mind as we're talking but Chris Bryant Ty Block are with us Feltner is down and Sean Bouchard is on the IL uh Montero is still with the no yes yes Montero still with the big love big league club I can never remember because they just playing yo-yo they're playing with his feelings the way that NSYNC played with the feelings of the heart back in the late 90s um what are we what are we doing just as a fan not as a amateur analysis any of that not as a pretend expert just as a fan how upset are we right now I'll let you go first you know on a scale of one to ten I'm I'm basically at a ten because you know, I'm I'm a little tired of watching Randall Grichuk at bats. He did have a nice little series. He just scored. Home. He just scored. Yeah, Diaz Diaz rakes just drove okay. him in. But okay. um, <laughs> but I think I had seen a couple days ago. The last month, he has a 47 weighted runs created plus. So he's been over 50 percent below league average the last month. You know, he did have a couple home or a home run you know, like a week and a half ago, but it's like, he's not doing anything. Throw Connor Joe in right field, left field, Charlie Blackman, play one of those guys in one corner um, and get Montero in a DH. It, it shouldn't be that hard. It should not be that hard. And every time he plays, you know, it seems like he's doing something well. He's had a couple offers in there, but that's because, you know, the guy plays every third day right now. So yeah. I think repetition, you hear it time and time again, a lot of guys, you know, that have played every day their entire career. And now, ooh, I play every third day. Like that screws up your rhythm. You know, you you feel pressed because how many pitches are you seeing a week now? Like you have to try and take advantage. You know, maybe you're going to overswing. Maybe you're going to swing at too many pitches. And I just feel, you know, bad for him. And I feel bad for us. We should, we deserve to see him. So I'm, I'm very unhappy about what's going on with, Montero right there's so many different options like you said figure it out and play the guys I was having this conversation on Twitter with uh, Mario about what does Buddy Black do is he actually managing the team is he looking to the future is he just looking at game today game 160 162 games what is he doing 
is he making the calls to play Montero? Is Montfort telling him no? Is Billy Schmidt telling him not to? Like, it seems like Buddy is being told not to play Montero because Billy and Mont, Dick, whoever's running the strings up there, are playing yo-yo with a lot of careers right now. And like you said, the repetition, the routine of things are huge for a young ball player. You don't learn to pinch hit like this. You don't learn to play every other day like this as a 21-year-old, as a 22-year-old. You learn this later. You don't learn this now. Like being consistent, being able to be out there and being trusted to go out there, whether you fail or not, I think would be huge. And he's done, he's produced, like you said, he's had a few good moments, like that double he had. Fucking crushed it. Gone out. Hate Marlins Park. Hate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> why why aren't we playing him? But Billy is going for 500. That's the goal. And so the team is playing for 500 to hopefully be in these expanded playoffs and all that bull stuff. But yeah, I mean, you could argue that Montero is going to provide more than Kritchik. I, I think definitely. But you've also got to just think like, can they not look in the mirror and see? that three teams in the division are really good. Really, really now, good. The, the Giants are always pulling guys up. They don't have star power, but they have depth like crazy. The Padres, you know, Manny Machado avoided it like a serious injury. He hasn't been put on the aisle after that ankle twist that we saw at Coors Field. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. And the Diamondbacks are looking respectable. Like their pitching has been solid. I mean, we're not an MLB pod here right now trying to analyze all that. This division's really good. Can they not look in the mirror and say, okay, like we should play upside? But like you just said, I think Montero gives you a lot more than, you know, basically everyone in the lineup aside from, you know, three or four guys. I think he gives you more offensively than, than that. I mean, we're seeing several guys in the lineup nightly who it's like, can we get Montero in there? Um, you know, some of those guys play, you know, middle infield and, you know, center field maybe, but. Gritchick is playing right field right now, and Connor Joe's DHing. Make the swap, please. <laughs> it doesn't seem hard. It, it, when you're having the same amount of playing time as a Garrett Hansen, no disrespect to Garrett, he's a fantastic player, but he's a utility player, and he knows he's a utility player. Montero's the future, and like they're getting treated the same right now. Actually, Hampy is still hurt, isn't he? No, he's back, but, Okay. I mean, so, considering he has the, all the positional versatility, like, it seems he's picking up more starts because he'll take Iglesias' day off. He'll play center. He'll take Rogers' day off. Right. Uh, he's the guy who's – I mean, and yes, that's why versatility helps, but it's also like we can make, we can make playing time for guys. We can. Right. Uh, we shouldn't, you know, convince ourselves, oh, it's, it's just tough. Like he deserves to be in there at least three games a week, if not four or five. Yeah, so. he should be getting majority of them. It's it's just frustrating. He's getting the yo-yo treatment. And speaking of yo-yo treatment, Ryan Feltner is down. Let's have another gripe, another prospect. Ryan Feltner was just taken off the top 30 Rockies prospect list. He was just taken off because he had enough time in the MLB to be taken off that list. Victor Juarez, huge shout-out to the 19-year-old down in Fresno, uh, got the number 30 prospect now um, as Feltner graduated off of it. But Feltner, after a rough week, left rough two starts, has been sent back down to Albuquerque, which there's two ways to look at it. As I, I posed the question on our Twitter account, but how are you feeling fan? And one, one guy said he has, hasn't been good. Send him back down to figure it out. 
another guy said he needs to be in the majors and figure it out. Like if he is the future, they're buying into him. He's should be up there and working through it. Kind of like what we just talked about Montero and all that. What school of thought do you have on Feltner? And I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. I think we know enough about each other by now, but go ahead. What's your food of thought? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like the captain and conductor of the Feltner train. Like I want that thing rolling. Um, and here's my, my other gripe is you sent him to Albuquerque and, you know, to me, Albuquerque is, is a hellscape in many ways. It's uh, right now it's actually been raining for like a week straight. Which is <laughs> Lucky. Um, but Albuquerque is just the worst place to pitch. Like it's much, much, much worse than course field, you know, outfields, basically the same size, higher altitude. I think they're using you know, juicier balls in AAA as well. It's not a good place to pitch. And Feltner is now, you know, somewhat unwinding, and he's going to a place that's harder to pitch, you know, than Coors Field. The whole league, you know, the Pacific Coast League is just loaded with these hitters parks. So sending him him there to figure out his problems, I see it as counterproductive, and I think you might lose, you know, the groove he had built. Probably not going to be, you know, bad all of a sudden, but, I, like, he turned in three incredible starts, a couple others that were, you know, okay, few that were bad, but even the bad ones, he looks fine. You know, and I did see, I think I might've seen the same tweet you did of someone saying, you know, he looks bad. He's figured out. I think he looks great still, but he needs to, you know, his fastball command, sometimes he misses spots and every pitcher does. Um, we've seen it with this rotation time and time again, you know, Marquez has had a rough year. Gombers had a really rough go in the last month. You know, everyone in the rotation's missing spots at times and it's costing them. So Feltner deserves the same leash. He has, to me, my hot take, he has the best stuff in the rotation. His pure stuff is the best in the rotation. He misses spots probably more than the others. But again, you got to figure that out at the big league level where it's even, I, I think it's easier at the big league level than AAA. So I'll leave it at that. That's, those are my thoughts. And I think you pretty much summed up what I was about to say anyway. Like, it's why not figure it out? You were just, he was just put as the five man in the rotation. Gomber was pushed to the relief zone. So you're putting all this confidence in Ryan Feldner. And then he goes out and has two bad starts. Like, what one wasn't even bad. Maybe he's hurt or something because in Minnesota, he went two. No, wait, this is Gomber. Never mind. So, like, you put all the confidence and then you just literally ripped it away. Like, how does that mess with Feltner's mental? Like, all right, I got to go and be fantastic. I got to be perfect up there. Otherwise, I'm going to come back down to no man land in Albuquerque. And playing with that kind of stuff never doesn't go well. Like, it's very hard to have that mental fortitude so so early in your career. I mean, Feltner seems like he can handle it. And, I mean, most of these guys can. If you're going to be a stud, you're going to have to. But why do it? People aren't playing for anything. Like, what are we doing? So I'm just curious of how Feltner bounces back like that. Like if if you're going to throw him into the gauntlet, why not just let him be in the gauntlet? Why figure him out down there? Maybe, maybe they have more faith in um, Frank, who's the coach Gonzalez down in Albuquerque than they do in Daryl Scott up in Colorado (laughs) to help him work his way through things. Um, And we could probably have a whole nother pod on Daryl Scott but we'll not even talk about it. I'm just, I'm just worried about the Montero, the Feltners, about these guys that get called up and down. 
we see it with Sam Hilliard. You got to think about that is in the back of his head because he's mashing down in Albert. Yeah. And I, that kind of goes back to my point of, you know, AAA is a great place for hitters to go figure it out, build confidence, and it's the complete opposite for a pitcher. It's sort of a curse of, of having them as a AAA affiliate is it's not a balanced – like Hartford is very balanced. Like, you know, there's a lot of pitchers succeeding. There's a lot of hitters succeeding. Yeah. Uh, it's not really one way or the other. AAA, it's not like that. So Hilliard, you know, he can go do his thing. Feltner, like, he's going to go down there, and if his confidence is wavering right now, you know, I would not be surprised if his next start is not what we're used to seeing. You know, he was dominating the Pacific Coast League for a while. So I, I just don't know if we're going to see that. And the corresponding move is bringing Ty Block back. And, yes, they need a lefty, but I don't know why they didn't roll. We've seen a lot of teams this year kind of roll with the six-man rotation for, you know, a week or two at a time you know, keep guys, you know, fresh and keep them healthy, keep the innings count down. I don't know why they couldn't have done that. You know, maybe they're going to bring Feltner back. Maybe his next start is going to be in the big leagues, but I, I just, I don't really see that coming. It's there's just a lot of things to complain about. And, you know, we've spent some time here doing that. You know, we could keep going, like you said, with, you know, the Daryl Scott element, that's not as directly related. There's just so many things we could dive into. And yeah, yeah I'm frustrated for these guys. It's something that we'll definitely watch out for if you're not able to, but we'll come back next week and see how Feltner did and see how many at bats Montero got. I did not see Montero in the starting lineup tonight. So nope. it, it continues. Um, also, like with Montero, I wanted to bring it up. The Colorado Rockies ranked 23rd in the league in team home runs with 65, um, which is two more than the Padres, which is kind of cool. But okay. You don't have any pop. You don't have any punch in the lineup. Montero has that pop. I so why not? You've been talking about wanting power. You've been talking wanting to extend the fence and beyond. And so here we are having power sit on the bench. Um. All right. You 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 feel better a little bit after that rant? A bit, because like Twitter doesn't do enough justice. Like Twitter, sometimes you're like, okay other people have the same opinion as me like that's good to know good to see but like saying it out loud you know it it does help so as you're watching this you know feel free to talk to yourself it's okay no yeah as you talk to yourself record yourself on a voice memo and send it to blakestreetbanter.gmail.com so we can talk about it with you in a way honestly send us some voice memos how are you feeling about the montero feltner call-ups like you obviously are a Rockies fan. Tell us how you're feeling about what they're doing right now. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of question marks right now. And the Rockies, I mean, this is what the Rockies have done to me my entire life since 1993. You for the longest time, too. So it just sucks when you see the Avalanche lock up the Stanley Cup. They did everything right. It was fun to watch them win. Like, here we are. And I don't even the dark depths of Hogwarts that nobody can find us in. We're in the dungeons. With the Colorado. In, <laughs> in the dungeons with the troll. <laughs> the iPad doesn't even work down here. Can't even send messages from it. Uh, all right. Well, let's go back to, let's go back to prospects. Uh, fun day on the, fun, fun week on the farm. Let's take it back to the old school. Let's do some player introductions. I want to talk about this dude named Andrew Quezada one of the forgotten pieces in the Spokane Indians rotation. Oh, computer is freezing. Um, he's gone 
his last five starts, he's dropped his ERA from like a five plus to a sub four. He is out of Cal State Fullerton, drafted in 2018, the seventh round, um, a California native. Um, but let me double check here. Oh, this was last year. I was not prepared for this team. I'm sorry. He spent some time in Hartford last year as a ACL call-up towards the end of the year. So he had some of that double-A um, experience. But, yeah, dropped his ERA from 506 in his start on May 29th. It's now sitting at a 408 on June 26th. Last outing, he went six innings, two earned runs, um, only five hits, five Ks. Uh, just another name, probably another relief arm, probably in the long run. He spent some of his beginning of the, the year, he was a relief pitcher. So just another name, Kazada. He's had some good outings up there in Spokane. Nothing really above, above six innings, uh, but five. He has a solid five out of Kazada. He kind of fits that bill of like a lot of these Hartford pitchers right now that are sort of hybrid starters, relievers, like not going to give you six innings like you were saying, but, you know, can give you two or three or four out of the pen. So I, I do kind of like having a lot of these, like there's a lot of starting pitching depth in the Rocky system. And some of these guys are going to make that trek to the pen. And if they say, stay somewhat stretched out, you're going to have a lot of these multi-inning relief guys. And, you know, I think that's sort of the future of baseball is getting guys who can throw, you know, two innings at a time instead of just the, the max effort one inning guys. So he's another one and and it's not necessarily saying he's going to be that you know future rockies guy but who just homered (laughs) nobody there was a fly out somebody fly it out to daza five feet away from the warning track guys tries tagging from first to second and daza guns him okay you got it with a nice tag yeah got a a double play live on the pod Ooh, that was that was pretty. That was the bottom of the top of the third, top of the third ending ending double play there. Good night, Dodgers. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it. the Tyler Anderson game they need to lose. Very yes. So far, so good. Okay, yeah. But, sorry, but yeah, extending the role of a pitcher, right? Relief starter, going above and beyond, and we see that a lot with the goats. Uh, a lot of the relievers go two out two innings or more. Yeah, I, I just – I love that the Rockies are doing that, whether that's by design or just they have a lot of these guys who can start, and so you might as well give them more than one inning. Um, but, again, I think, yeah, having guys that aren't the tie blocks, you know, if you have some guys who are able to throw mid-90s and in multiple innings, there's a chance for some immense success there. So uh, another guy that could end up like that is Jared Candy. 17th rounder last year out of Florida Southern, not Florida State, Florida Southern, was a two-way player there. I think, I, th- I want to say when he was drafted, he was actually listed as an outfielder, but he is now in Fresno's starting rotation. He kind of bumped Colin Kafka out of the rotation. He came out of the bullpen this week. Jared Candy's been, you know, really, really solid this season. Uh, kind of came into, into, you know, the season a little late. He's only appeared in eight games, four starts. Has a 2.73 ERA though, 1.03 WHIP. You know he's doing his thing, and another guy who is starting out in the rotation. Chances are most of these guys aren't going to be able to stick. And I mean, think about it. There's five rotation spots in the big leagues, but you always want to take your best pitchers. So some of these guys are going to end up as these versatile 
multi-inning relievers and seeing so like I don't remember a time you know prior to maybe last year was a little bit like this where there were just so many quality guys in the minor league rotations so yeah this is really exciting and you know bodes well for the future of the Rockies pitching staff yeah and here's a he has a swag about him. He has a chip on his shoulder for sure. Coming out of that Florida late rounds, uh, you can just see it, see it in him. He has that, he has that dog in him, as they like to say. And yeah. another week, another week has gone by. Another player of the week, um, this time in ACL, dude. I thought Mason Green might have got it last, but from his performance this week, we'll talk about him later. But Jesus Bujarin, um, out of the ACL, another young and promising international bat. Um, 20 years old, 145 wins WRC plus in the DSL last year. Um, yeah, mostly center field. This is your this is your bread and butter. What do you got on Jesus here? Yeah, I mean, I I followed him a little last year because, like you said, 145 WRC plus last year. Uh, that's you know pretty sweet, and he rolls that over into the ACL. He's been probably the best hitter on that team so far. And, and the big kicker is that he's playing center field. So, you know, there's athleticism there and he's playing a premium position so far in the year. He's got a 340 on base percentage, 457 slug. So nothing flashy, but we're seeing another international bat who's going to, you know, contribute to affiliates in the future. Sort of, you know, we saw this last year with a lot of those guys that was warming Bernabel, Juan Brito, Adel Amador, Juan Guerrero. I think, Bugarin is is we're, we're gonna have to figure out the name want to do it justice um but he's kind of the next guy in line there and you know I don't think he'll get promoted maybe he's in Fresno at the end of the season we'll see how the draft shake up and all that goes but this is another guy to keep an eye on and kind of just going back to the theme of the Rockies system now I think it's internationally driven there's you know been some good draft picks but a ton of guys coming from the international ranks that are going to be in the top 15 prospects, top 20. You know, we mentioned Victor War is at 30. I think in a midseason update, he'll probably jump five, 10 spots at least. So the international just barrage is, is in, is in full effect right now. There's so many guys who just look solid stateside. So another player of the week. Um, yeah. What were it? What were, let's, let's pull up the numbers on the week really fast. We should have done that um, yeah. from, the, from the start. Didn't have it on the the rundown but this week 438 batting average one three four nine ops i so i hate saying ops's that are over a thousand but like they are juicy that's a juicy ops <laughs> um two doubles a triple a homer and six batted in so i mean that was a pretty sweet week for one guy yeah that that's when everything's clicking and you're just feeling it you touch that bat it's already it's hot already but love to see it Love to see these guys doing raking everywhere. Uh, speaking of raking, the Albuquerque Isotopes this week set a bunch of records for the month of a month. Um, so the following team records were set last night. So this was Saturday night. Most total bases in a game, 47 total bases. 19 get road ga- runs, most in a road game. And the largest mix- margin of victory in, in an away game was 13 so they won 19 to 6 um also they tied their club record of eight home runs that is 11 days old so they have (laughs) two games in the last 14 days that have gone eight home runs or more 
or just eight home runs. Um, just incredible stuff with the isotopes. Goes back to that conversation we were having earlier. The Pacific Coast League is just lit up offensively. Um, so, but the isotopes, they're providing the power. Like Homer Simpson fell asleep down there. So they're doing what they can with the big league squad. But I mean, we can't go, we can't go this pod without talking about Linton Bernard. Just another fantastic week. Should have had it out there. Coco Montez was on fire also. Um, do you see, I don't like saying this, but I'm going to say it. My heart's going to hurt as I say it. Do you see Winston Bernard being a trade ship come end of July? I mean, I guess I I don't know how it works. Actually, yeah, I guess he's technically a, a tradable guy. Cause I know some players when they're on the minor league contracts, they can either opt out or someone can sign them to a major league contract. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if someone would trade for him necessarily, but given what we've seen in the past. If they trade Gritchick or something like that, I mean, I don't know who who would trade for Gritchick, but if there's a spot open, I he has to be the next guy up. Now we saw Sean Bouchard, you know, here in that spot for sure. But Witten Bernard, like he's been grinding for that that shot for a long time, much longer than than a lot of guys, and he's having a career best season. So uh, we we've said that multiple times. Like you guys all know that uh, it's it's getting to that point where I think he had a, he had a multi-homer game this week, right? Or did he yeah. just have multiple home runs? You know, both uh, of those came in the same. That was the eight-home run game. So, I mean, he's had multiple, multiple home run games. Um, like, he he plays a good center field. Like, he's doing everything. And the Rockies could use that that spice in the lineup. Just, you know, the, the fun, the speed, have that all going on. And besides Daza, and I mean, Hampson can play center field, you know, well as well too but they could use another center field defender because i don't think randall gritchick quite gets it done Mm -hmm. in center he's made some highlight plays but highlight plays are you know what convinces you a guy is good but they don't necessarily i think gritchick's range is is definitely not what it used to be he's a good corner guy we need that that win bernard center field so yeah you had we have to make that happen um i wish we could make that happen yeah no joke <laughs> yeah i mean we make that happen real quick i mean i think this you already answered it but real quick winton or critchick going the rest of the way who would you rather have i mean it, the the funny thing is like because with winton being you know the journeyman he's over 30 i think he's 31 mm-hmm. i i think he might be older than Gritchick, so it's kind of funny to say like, you're not riding for the future but it, i just don't I don't think Gritchick's going to be here next year. I'm pretty sure he has a team option. If the Rockies pick up that team option, I'm going to rip out some hair. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's like, what they're waiting for. <laughs> they just want to, and yeah, enrage us in a few months. But I just don't see why we don't get guys playing over him. It's sad, but it just has not worked out whatsoever. Great start. It's time for a bunch of guys to get their chance over him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Coco Montez for in the pod 1.471 OPS last week, a double, triple, two dingers, eight RBIs. I think he would be number two or number three on the call up list. Ryan Belade is moved to the IL after a hot week. Oh my god, I know as of 625, so two days ago. So don't know what happened there, don't have that insider information. But Ryan Belade figured it out for two weeks and now is on the IL, which absolutely sucks. So we'll see what happens with that. 
Another fun fact, the Albuquerque Isotopes hit 52 home runs in the month of June, setting a team record also. Record, uh, place. Yeah, right. Uh, almost, I mean, Hartford set a record, like best first half of the season ever, 43 and 26. But they came up short in what was like a playoff series against the Somerset Patriots. Both these teams are like 11 games above third, fourth, and fifth place in their division. So it's the Yankees farm affiliate and the Rockies farm affiliate just owning the Eastern League out there. Um, Northeastern League? What is it? I think it's North. I think it used to be the, just the Eastern, but I think now it's changed it on me. Um, just heart-wrenching. They went back and forth. I pretty much watched every single game of the series. They went to extras in the final game, had got the lead, um, and then Gavin Hollowell, second pitch of the inning, gave up one to number one prospect in the Yankees Anthony, organization. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony, and just gut-wrenched. And, I mean, if you're going to give up a dinger, if you're going to give up a game-winning dinger to anybody, at least it's the number one prospect in the affiliates, not, like, some random dude that just got lucky. <laughs> so, like, you can take that for what it's worth, but just absolutely sucks that they almost clinched the first half playoff spot, um, but still ended 43-26, and 26, which last year I think they won a total of 40 games or something crazy. So where this team is to what they were last year with this talent, it's something to be spoke about. Um, another name that needs to be mentioned is Jimmy Heron. He had quite a series. Uh, two on the year, two forty-five average, OPS of eight twenty-six, has eight dingers, a lot of clutch hits. He's hitting third or fourth in the lineup every night. Um, he's kind of one-sided, heavy. I should have been prepared. Sorry, team. Uh, he does better against left-handers, I believe. I think we see him a lot more, but he was hitting against right-handers this week um, in the lineup. Yeah, four hits, one game, two hits, two hits, three hits, and one of the games. So had had a fantastic week up in Somerset. Uh, the Hartford got yard goats. The heartbreaker. The heartbreakers, right? Did the Patriots cheat, though? I mean, what are you, what are I you? Think, I, I think they, I think they cheated because they had Aroldis Chapman, oh, arguably the best closer in major league history, um, facing them in two games. Yeah, I think that was a strategic rehab. Definitely schedule. strategic. Like he, he could have been back with the big league club like two, three days ago. I had to lock him up. No, they, he definitely could have been. Like the way he was throwing, dude, man, should have been up. Dude looked like the. They Falcon. were like, "Hang on, we need to win the Double A East Northeastern League first half." So, Araldis, we need you to take your rehab an extra two days. Exactly. Yeah, take take your time, please. Exactly. And but fun fact with that, future All Star for the Rockies, Ezekiel Tovar did take Chapman uh, for a double. Pulled it, pulled yeah. it to the left field corner on a nice piece of hitting. He got picked off the next, like literally the next pitch, which <laughs> sucks. But he did face a major league talent arm in a Roldis Chapman and hit a double off a Roldis Chapman. So Rockies, I know Billy, you're listening. Go ahead and just promote him, call him up, send him all the way up to the majors. Add it, put him in Montero on the left side, and let's just roll with the dog. Come on, come on. Billy. I mean, that is the the like we didn't even talk about that at the beginning in our our gripe session. 
that's the next one is Ezekiel Tovar still being in Hartford. Like, I get he's 20 years old, but I mean, he's been probably the best player in that league, if not a top three player, uh, when you factor in that he's a really good defender at shortstop. Like, fantastic. What are we doing? What are we doing? He's, we're now at the halfway mark. He's had an incredible half a season. And Albuquerque, yeah, the pitching gets a little better in quality, but you get the in, the hitting environments where he might just I, – well, I don't know if you all remember David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, when they were called up to AAA, it was like, wait, you can have a 1,500 OPS? Like, they it was literally like two hits every night for those guys and, and like a home run every night. So Tovar could be the next guy to just like set – Triple A ablaze, and we need to see that happen. And hitting off of Veraldas Chapman is, it's almost like another checkbox. Like, can this guy hit, you know, a really, really good pitcher? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it, it's dumb. But now it's we get to see him face Max Scherzer. Like, yeah. as, as you guys are listening to this, I guess it'll be coming up. You yeah. might be listening to this, and, it's, and, and, you know, Max is pitching, or he might have already pitched. Um, but on Tuesday, the 28th, Mad Max pitching against the Yard Goats, like for the Bing, I think it's the Binghampton, or is that the, but yeah, the Binghampton Rubble Ponies. Okay, okay, that's right, yeah. And that team is stacked, that's that's a pretty, they have they the, a lot of the Yankees' top prospects, Francisco Alvarez, a catcher who's like ridiculous, um, Brett Beatty, a third baseman, another like top 50 prospect in baseball, yeah. The Mets, so, Mets organization. Yeah, that'll be not fun. But oh, facing Max is fun just to see what happens. Uh, we saw it last year Jacob deGrom made a, a rehab. So I think it was in high A. And it was kind of like, why did you why did you guys do that to those poor kids? Like he, I think, went three innings and struck out like eight no-hit innings. Like it's just mean. So hopefully Max Scherzer doesn't put him put up a mean one on the, the yard goats tomorrow. And I believe it is the free MILB.TV game of the day. They do a free game of the day like MLB does. So even if you don't have MILB.TV, you can still watch the Hartford Yargo, see Ezekiel, see Tolia, see Shunk, Heron. Hopefully Double D gets up on the bump for us. Um, You get to see these guys play against Max Scherzer tomorrow. Um, Michael Tolia's strikeout percentage rate update <laughs> he is currently striking out at 34 percent um but there's a huge huge uh thing happened he had five walks this week and only five strikeouts he had a one-to-one walk to strikeout rate in the biggest series of the week year who knows maybe this is the corner he turns to become that patient hitter to still continue to slug over 1,000 like he did this past week uh, but just stuff every week. I got you, fam. Let's go up north. Spokane Indians. Um, just some things. They're still struggling. They are starting the year out one and two, I think, three and zero oh for the second half. Because one and two on the second half. Because their their season, first half of the season, ended Thursday night. Um, but Levine, Tolia, um, and Zach Veen are crushing it out there we talked a little bit before we started recording but is there a third to this chair that is veen romo and levine do we start talking about levine as we talk about these top prospects in spokane i mean you like obviously there isn't that that athleticism and play and catcher playing 
you know, right field. But Levine might be, you know, just as good of a hitter as, as either of them. And I think there's a case to be made. He's one of the best pure hitters in the entire system. Mm-hmm. Like his on-base percentage is right about 400 on the year. Uh, I think we, we found his OPS in the league is seventh right now in the entire league. Uh, you know, dude's doing it, and he's not even hitting for power. Keep in mind, this guy's like 6'5", 230. Like, he is a tank. If he wanted to hit, you know, 30 home runs on a season, he could. But, you know, his on-base percentage would probably take a hit. I think you take the guy getting on base, you know, 40% of the time, still getting a lot of hits and, you know, extra base hits, then the guy who maybe gets on base, like, at a 340 rate and hits 30 home runs. Yes. Um, and that sort of alludes to a little, you know, discussion we want to have about Levine or Togli at this point. And there's a lot of factors. It's something we'll, we'll talk about it more later on. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you want to spend time on that right now or not, but it's something to consider. It's definitely something to consider. And Grant Levine is a friend of the pod, and he talks about his patient at the plays being one of his biggest assets. If you missed that, if you're new to us about a year ago, roughly, Grant sat down with us, very gracious, fantastic dude. Um, he just got called up to Spokane when he talked with us. Um, but he talked about his gap-to-gap power. He talked about his patience, uh, just making him stand out that way. Him and Tolia are two completely different players. Yeah. Tolia is a little bit more athletic, definitely better defensively. Um, has just raw power out the wazoo where Grant is a pure hitter. Like you've mentioned, still figuring out how to be good at first base. Uh, just two completely different sides of the same coin at first. So it's very interesting to talk about because one would argue, like I would like to have a Levine on my team instead of Tolia, but you have a first baseman. You want power out of a first baseman as opposed to just somebody getting on base. Um, Levine is sneaky fast too i don't know huge thing just a fun conversation i mean i'm gonna do some research on it hopefully get something out before the jai fourth week but it's something that should be talked about more because tolia is the top prospect he's the number five first base prospect in all of major league minor leagues so like he should be getting that recognition but grant levine should also be like doing what he's doing with veen and romo up there um looking like a chris pratt stunt double up there too like he should be talked about. It should be it should be considered in this conversation. So again, uh, feel free to give us your thoughts. Just either tweet at us or send us a voice memo. I think it's something that we need to consider a little bit more, though, for sure. Julio Carreras also had a nice night, nice week. Um, hot, fantastic. He's very hot and cold every week. It's a little bit different with this dude. But between sandwiched between Amador and Tovar, Julio Carreras is saying, "Hey guys, I'm still here." Um, yeah. It's just. Just one of those guys. When it kind of, we we were talking about this at the beginning or before the pod about how difficult that league is, and you know we mentioned Levine being so high in OPS. Like Julio Carreras, his numbers on the surface aren't very good, but you know when you factor in where they're playing, that not many guys are being all that successful uh, in in the high A West. Like he's doing fine. Like he's definitely going to get that Hartford promotion. You know, he'll, he'll start there next year. Yeah, um, I sure. don't think that he'll get promoted there midseason. But, you know, he's done his, his part. He's, you know, as long as there's not a catastrophic drop-off for him, like, he's graduated. He will graduate. Yeah, for sure. So he's another guy there. You know, he's doing his thing. So Athletic. He can play all across the inside infield diamond, too. 
Yeah, lots of tools with him, you know, power, speed, and then, yeah, that versatility is huge. Yeah, he's going to be fun. He's he's kind of electric, too. He has that swag about him. Uh, Fresno Grizzlies, your number one in the California League, clinched the first half playoff spot um, with future friend of the pod, Case Williams. It was his start, his, his, his doing to get the ball rolling on that clinching game. Um, didn't end the week very good. Went, ended up going 0-3 the last three games to start the second half. But they punched their ticket to the playoffs. Um, just, I mean, we talk about every single week. This team is absolutely loaded. What, seven, eight people in the top prospect list? Friends of the pods, Zach Kikoska and Case Williams. Kikoska had a dinger. Uh, Case Williams with that five innings. Blake Goldsberry got on the bump. Two shutout innings in his one appearance. Um but I think we need to talk about McCade Brown, not Mason Green. I said Mason Green earlier. McCade Brown, his one start yesterday, Saturday, uh, six innings, three earned runs, but 10 strikeouts. Um, he just all- misses a ton of bats. It's it's pretty remarkable what like his stuff can do. It's incredible. What the heck? I mean, his strikeout percentage this year is 34.5. 57 strikeouts in 38 innings like that's usually you think you know one to one like one strikeout per inning is good he's got an extra 19 (laughs) yeah there's been not exactly but there's basically been 19 innings he struck out an extra guy so incredible and he started late right like he didn't get the call up until later yeah he I guess had a little bit of rehab going on to start the season. So I think he's only made, that was his eighth start, which is a a fair amount. I think he's very comfortable at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, And you know, the home runs have been an issue. He's given up seven in 38 innings, but we've talked about this before with Noah Davis and some other guys, like, you know, the quality of contact that is a little bit out of the control of a pitcher. Like it can be controlled to an extent, but at the same time, you're not always going to be able to control how hard guys are hitting you. So when you see a lot of home runs, I think it does mean something, but I think it also means he's had some just bad luck going against him. But the stuff is insanely good. Really, really good stuff from McCade Brown. He's he's an ascendant guy, a lot of potential there. Um, and, all, I mean, Mason Green did also have a pretty solid start. He went seven, two earned runs. He did give up four, but two of them were earned. Seven Ks for him gave up less than one base runner per inning, you know, the whip under one. So those two guys, you know, Victor Juarez has had a rough patch, which is to be expected for a 19-year-old. But those two starters, McCade Brown, Mason Green, and, you know, we've we've talked a lot about Case Williams. He had that streak going of six innings or more, two or less runs. Like that rotation is just full of dogs. Full of dogs. Love that. It's yeah, something to watch out for. And they have some relief arms in the back in the arm bar and that just pop out of nowhere too. Like this Tyler Ross guy. Don't know much yeah. about him, but 3.2 innings, four Ks, zero runs. Uh Mejia, uh different one, Mejia. Three innings, five Ks. So they have they have there's some studs down in present. I mean, there's always studs, right? They're always going to be there. Um, Even Rice develops those prospects, man. Yeah, that man. I don't know. The, the little magic <laughs> touch or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, we could go down that entire list. But go ahead and check out the newsletter. Get caught up on some of those uh, top prospect stats. Um, you'll see it in the pod description there. Or go check out our Twitter. Um, yeah, so it's Fresno's clinching. 
Um, I do want to go back up to Spokane. Luke Taggart is on the injured injury list. Got a little bit of an update. Um, he's fine. He's going to be thrown on being playing catch on Thursday. So hopefully it's not too big of a setback, um, but he should be back soon. Didn't seem like anything too serious. They're working on it. They'll be fine. Miguel, um, Mateo Gill has been activated, but Eddie Diaz was sent down, was sent down to the ACL for whatever is happening there. So makes me nervous seeing Eddie go down, just knowing his track record or his history. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out. Um, and let's end it with, this is kind of the same, a ACL, DCL, but also our question of the week. We got a fan, a listener question sent in to us, anonymous. Next time, holler at your boys with your Twitter account. Um, which ACL and DCL prospect has stood out the most so far? I am relying heavily on you. I'm going to throw out the name Dion George. Jorge George, we still need to figure it out. Could go either way. Um, and then I'll let you go into the expert analysis that you do, Tyler. But real, recall, y'all, Dion was signed last year in January uh, to $2.8 million bonus, the biggest ever on our international prospect. Just a toolsy young guy. Was he 19? Yeah, 18? he's 19 right now. 19 um, out of the Dominican Republic. Has all the potential, sky-high potential, like Adele Amador is the guilt of our um, but so far this year in the DSL, 316 batting average with a 786 OPS. No dingers yet, but 18 hits out of 57 plate appearances. Only struck out eight times, has walked seven. So, so far, so good with the young guy. We'll see what happens when they start doing call-ups in the college and the draft and all that happens. But don't forget about Diane George. I'm just going to say it like that for now until other, otherwise corrected. Um, but yeah, who are your two kind of people aren't going to know about guys to watch down there? So, so just to stick in the ACL with, with I'm I'm going to say Jorge. It feels more right. It feels right just coming out of uh, the the Latin American ranks. Uh, but his teammate Brian Betancourt has just been going off this season. Uh, he's a catcher. He's played some first base this year, but mostly a catcher, which is. You know, always important. Can the guy play catcher? Uh, but he's hitting 348, 458 on base percentage, 804 slugging, five homers in the early going. He's got nine walks and struck out just four times. Um, you know, he is just 18 still. Not going to turn 19 till after the season. Like this is a this is a really solid hitter. Uh, someone that we talked about, Jesus Bugarin. You know, in in the ACL right now as that next guy up next guy in line as these international prospects who were just balling out. And Brian Betancourt is that next guy. Um, mm -hmm. So keep an eye on him. He's just been going off all season. Every week has been another good week with like another home run and extra base hits. So he is going off. And then in the ACL, we've got Angel Chavilli. It's another one we'll have to iron out. It, it helps when you can hear the names um, you know, the, the announcers are given like a media guide with the pronunciation. So we'll have to, we'll have to work on these and stuff, but, um, Trevilli has, he's been really good for a few years in the Rocky system, but he's finally in the United States pitching still 19 has a 1.54 ERA. He's been coming out of the bullpen, but he's been pitching like we talked about earlier on in the pod about the multi-inning guys, 
he has 11.2 innings in the seven appearances. So for the most part, he's going more than one inning. Uh, he's been unhittable. Has, he hasn't given up a home run yet, just two earned runs. 17 Ks in the 11.2. I mean, it's just not surprising. He's a guy who's gotten some attention from fan graphs. He's 31st on the Rockies prospect list. They give him an above average fastball and changeup. Uh, he throws a lot of strikes too. So he's another one, another big time. I think next year he'll be one of the bigger arms in the Fresno bullpen. So we'll be giving him some, some love in the future. And hell, Chevelli. Yeah, those, that's just promising. And I mean, we see it with Fresno, what they have done in the international free agent signings is been great. So hopefully they continue to pan out like this. So thank you to whoever sent that question in. I know Tyler always chomps at the bit when you can talk about the AC, ACL, DSL. <laughs> so thank you for doing that for him, whoever you were. Uh, but yeah, just the, the end of the first half is here. It's crazy. Like what we're week 12, week 13, it's gone by fast. It just like felt like yesterday baseball just started and here we are in June first half is done and there's it's, go ahead it's crazy to think yeah we were in a lockout and we're like is baseball uh, we knew minor league baseball is gonna happen but it's it is so crazy to think about where we were as baseball fans you know about three months ago and where we are now first half is is being put on the back burner like where what has happened with the time <laughs> as far as the squad goes, the prospect squad goes, do you think there is more questions that have been answered? How do I, how do I ask that question? Do you think there's been more answer questions answered or more questions have been created as this season's gone on? Yeah, I get, I definitely get what you're saying. And I feel like coming into the year, we kind of tried to talk about the, the upside that was here and it was like, who is going to, you know, flash that upside. And we've seen a lot of that. Um, a lot of these pitchers have broken out. And then, you know, candidate number one, Ezekiel Tovar, has gone off. Adel Amador looking like a top 100 prospect in Fresno. You know, we've seen Drew Romo take a nice step forward. Um, I guess the questions left, what do we do? Well, not what do we do, but what do we think of Chris McMahon and Ryan Rollison? Because we have not seen those guys in, you know, about a year, a little less than a year. But those are two guys who coming into last season were like two top 10, two top five prospects. And now both are right now, at least like afterthoughts. So that's the main question left right now. Chris McMahon, I would hope, and I hope we can get an update on where he's at. I would think he's going to be pitching again soon. And then the other question on a similar note is Jaden Hill, another yeah. guy recovering from an injury had Tommy John surgery last April. So, I mean, his time is definitely coming. We've seen him throwing off a mound. What's going to happen with, with McMahon, Rawlison, and Hill? What do we have there is, is really what I'm getting at. And that's the big question. Otherwise, we've seen a lot of guys just improve their stock so much. So that's so exciting. We're going we're gonna to have to do like a, a all-stars of the first half in the next pod, um, mm. you know, and, and give those guys who really burst onto the scene some love. Yeah, for sure. There are still some names that we haven't given enough recognition to. I think I agree with what you said. Uh, we will not be here next week. Let's close it out here. I, I'm not going to be around. July 4th is here. It is on yeah, Monday. Yeah. We are celebrating up here all week, taking a little vacay on about with the kiddos. So we're going to be gone, but I'm going to, we're going to make sure we drop the Case Williams banter session for July 4th. So you will be able 
throw your own fireworks uh, by listening to Case Williams. Big Avalanche fan, so I'm sure he was partying last night as a 20-year-old might do. Um, with that dub, um, so we're not going anywhere. Newsletter might happen, might not. I don't know about that. Just forgive us. We do have lives and stuff out here. But yeah, we'll end it with that. I don't know anything else. First half is over. It's crazy. The Rockies are beating the Dodgers 2-0 to zero in the bottom of the fifth right now. We are probably going to be on bullpen implosion watch coming soon. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, feel free to send voice memos, send in the questions, let us know you're listening and just be, just be involved, engaged, have fun with us while we do this. And if you want to send a voice memo and just says, fuck you, James, that's fine too. Let's <laughs> we welcome that. We encourage. Give me all the F you James's as possible. If you, even if you don't want to use color language, do something else, but yeah, we'll see you in two weeks for sure. We'll be on the Twitter and the Instagram while we're out and about. Um, but yeah. Go Rocks, Minor League Affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content. So, what's up with the Rockies bullpen? Well, when we last saw our hero, Lugan Darnell turned into a grizzly. Lugan Darnell turned into a grizzly last year. He's a ride and a pitcher man, all the way from Michigan. Played short, then third, now he's up upon the mound in Spokane. Lugan Darnell, we wish him well. Yeah, we hope he comes in as a dope, or a Connecticut guard goat. a dog that much is true I hope I didn't need you break your legs W dude that is my favorite hope to see you in one of the places any of the places okay I hope that expression is also for baseball not just the theater dude so is that for theater or that's for sports and theater? Break your legs? Yes. <laughs>